relationships I go through And I gave it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna be okay Alright everybody, the show's back for real this time I, I have about 3,500 written words uh, That I was gonna use as like a script for this podcast And I'm trying to sit here and record it And it just sounds fucking terrible It's not me it's reading a script, and that's just not what I do. So I'm going to free will this thing, and we'll see what happens. The podcast is back, obviously, and I'm excited about that. I hope that you are, too. About seven of you seem very excited. If I have an audience of seven, that's six more people than listen to me right now. So that's that's a good place to start. So uh, I'm not going to dwell on... The numbers and whatever, put in some work and, and maybe, I don't know, post more than once every year and maybe we'll build an audience together. And if not, the few of you that do listen and want to interact with the show, we'll have fun. So we'll start off there. So let's, uh, let's catch up on what's going on. It's been, I think, over a year since a uh, last show went up and that's a really long time. And as it turns out, that is uh, long enough for Podbean to actually deactivate the account that I had which I really started to freak out about once I had already said that I was bringing the podcast back and only to find out that, oh, hey, uh, all the content that you've already put up is gone, even though you paid for the space to have it there and all that fun stuff, but it was gone. I uh, tried to sign in and, and re-bring it, bring it all back up. No luck. So I sent uh, them an email. They're like, oh, sure, we'd be happy to restore your account. We just need some money. I shelled out some dough actually thought that was probably a good idea. Maybe it would be an incentive that I would actually do a few of these. And there's some big stuff coming up this month that uh, I'm going to want to talk about. I have some fun things I'm going to get to do this month. And I'm excited. And I'm hoping that those things will propel me to be inspired to do this show a little bit more often. And we'll see what happens. For those of you that are not aware... And if you're listening to the show, I can't imagine that you're not aware of it, but this podcast is no longer being uh, created in Oklahoma. I don't live in Oklahoma anymore. I live in a foreign land that is known as Texas. And if you've never been to Texas before, it's hard to describe. It, I mean, it's not another planet like Florida, but... Texas is kind of its own thing. And there's a saying that I heard recently that I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as soon as I could. And I can see how people would feel that way. I'm not there yet with Texas, but it's been since July. And some good, some bad, just like you would find in any move. First of all, it is really, really fucking hot here. Like, all the time hot. Except last week when it went from 65 to 80 to 45 to 70 to 28. I think it did get down, I don't know, maybe got into the teens. But like, holy shit. And then today, as I'm recording this at 7 o'clock on Wednesday, whatever the date is today... I don't know. You can tell me. Yeah, you, you, you're you probably listening from a smartphone. Just click on the button. What does it say? January 11th. See, I have my smartphone right here. And it's great. It's January. I'm not bundled up in a parka and dealing with 
inches of snow and minus degree temperatures. And but I, I, I just wanted to pick a season, for the love of fuck. I mean, but one of the super awesome things about um, where I live is I got a pool at my house, man. Which is, I can't tell you how many times I've wished I had a pool, like a legit, like in ground pool. One that you got to, like, have a rail and stuff. You got to get in, climb in, and just hop over the side. So that was very cool. And it's a total humble brag. And it definitely is not going to be the last time you hear me talk about the pool. Because I would say it's probably, like, in the top five favorite things in my life. Which, you know, if you had an awesome in-ground pool, I would think that it would be in your top five as well. Unless you have a wife and four kids or a wife and you know, three dogs and two, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. As far as inanimate objects go, pools rank pretty high on the list of cool things to have. So I'm excited that I have a pool and given that it's hot all the time, it's going to come in handy and it already has. I I mean, I can clear as day, which shouldn't be that hard because I'm not that old and it wasn't that long ago, but the very first day that we got here, we, uh, we hired movers to to bring our stuff down here from Oklahoma and unload us. And man, it was, I I don't know. I know, I know there has been hotter days, but I don't know that I've spent that much time outside doing like actual physical things in the heat as it was that day, you know, because my company, as much as I love them and appreciate them and, and and what they've done for me and they brought us down here and and did a lot of great stuff asking us to move in July. I mean, come on. But uh, it's not like we were moving to Minnesota in July, which can still be hot. But I mean, Houston the first couple weeks of July. Yeah, that's that's not the greatest time to move. Thankfully, like I said, we had some movers and they did a lot of the work. But as soon as they left, I'm not 100% sure that their truck was out of the driveway before clothes came flying off and, you know, you haven't seen that much pale white skin dive into a pool Uh, probably since the last time Minnesota radio station had a getaway to the Caribbean in the middle of January, I would guess. I don't know. Anyway, there was a lot of pastiness going on and you dive in and, man, it's a lovely thing. So yes, I am going to brag about the pool because I love it and it's awesome and I feel very lucky to have it and I figure if I keep getting cool new shit at the places that I live that eventually some of you motherfuckers will come and visit. I'm not holding my breath because I know some of you are holding out for 24-7 maid and butler service but if you come and visit you would realize that you would basically have that with me anyway since, you know, have you seen my Snapchat of the delicious food that I make? and all the other fun things. So, I mean, really, I don't know what more I have to do to entice you guys, but there's a pool now, so there's that. So, the Jogpod studio is is kind of in a different situation than it was. I kind of look out into my compound of happiness, as I like to think of it. I literally don't have to see the outside world from this house if I don't want to. I mean, I can see outside, but I don't have to see past my own walls, which is awesome. That is... That's the living situation in Houston. Houston's it's a whole different animal. It's very busy here. There's a lot going on. Traffic is is insane on 
a routine basis. It's think of the wor- if you live in Oklahoma, think of the worst rush hour traffic you've ever seen in Tulsa, and realize that that's a light day in Houston. Uh, if you live in Minneapolis or St. Paul or one of the other big cities uh, that I know some people listen to the show, it's it's really not like anything you've ever seen before. When you add to the fact that people around here drive like they're trying to qualify for the Daytona 500, it adds a whole other level of fun to things. Now, for me, I'm lucky enough that I go to work at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, so the percentage of people on the road is a lot lower for me, which is nice. For the most part, Nikki can avoid uh, the major interstates, so she doesn't have to deal with quite the insanity that she might have to otherwise, but needless to say, Houston, I mean, it, it really is a whole different thing. Man, I got to tell you guys, if I'm going to keep doing these from in this room, I'm going to have to find a better chair to do these from because this dining room chair is not meant to have my fat ass compressed down upon it for this long of a period of time. Speaking of this dining room chair, thank God for real furniture that was made in the old days because seriously, this thing is made out of metal. If I had probably a regular wooden dining chair, this thing would like be in a pile right now. I, I So I wrote this down in my notes and it's one of the things that continually boggles my mind is, I mean, we, we tried to find a new chair for me when, when we moved down here and we just don't make anything of quality anymore. Everything is just crap. And I mean, I realize that the toll that I take on furniture is multiple times what a normal person does. But I mean, even for a normal size person, those chairs are just garbage. Um, at the start of 2016, actually probably, probably in about two weeks from now, it'll be a year. Because a year from uh, one year ago, we were just getting back from Minneapolis and sitting outside in one of the cold, one of the coldest days that I can ever remember, and being stupid enough to sit outside and watch a football game. D- hey, my Minnesota friends, do you guys remember last year when Blair Walsh shanked that uh, field goal and and you guys lost to my Seahawks? Do you remember that? I don't know if any of you guys remember, but yeah, that happened. I don't know why, and and I apologize for being an asshole there, but that's you know. Fuck, if you're listening to this, you know that. This is coming anyway. I, I don't understand. I don't I know why I'm so nervous talking into this microphone. It's not like any of you guys are here, but I know that you're going to hear it, and it uh, makes me all self-conscious. Anyway, so about a year ago, my company decides that uh, the, my group of eight is going to relocate to Houston as they've gone through the time and expense of building this brand new complex, and almost all of the other people that are part of our division are located in Houston already, so it would make more sense to move us to Houston than we're all under one roof, and we just go from there, which, you know, makes sense. It's a fiscal choice, and, you know, that's what they decided to go with, and it's a state-of-the-art building, and it's wonderful, and they gave us tons of resources to get us down here, and we looked at the relocation plan and, and proceeded to freak the fuck out. We have talked at length about moving, and this is going to come as a surprise to none of you, but I hated Oklahoma. And and, and to be clear, I, I didn't hate everything about Oklahoma, especially some of the wonderful people that have come into my life that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Oklahoma is just so diametrically opposed to who I am as a person for, for like 95% of things. So to leave didn't really seem like it was that much of an issue however we always talked about you know going back to minnesota or moving to oregon or throwing a dart at a map and choosing anywhere but oklahoma 
and you know we talked about but we'd also talked about buying a house and sticking around and seeing what happened with my job at Phillips and Nikki's job at ConocoPhillips and Nikki's pursuing her degree in accounting and all of the things that would come with that. We had this great plan, going to pay off some debt, maybe look at buying a house. And at the very least, we could look at our options once Nikki graduated. With any luck, we'll be sometime this summer. So we have that to look forward to, which is, which is great. Um, the more we thought about it, one, if I elected to not move with my job, there was no guarantee that there would be a job for me at Phillips 66. That wasn't a, it wasn't really an optional request to move. Although it was, they, they weren't going to make anybody move that didn't want to, but they couldn't guarantee that they could keep you employed. So we thought long and hard and, and had conversations. And at the end of the day, we made what is in retrospect, a pretty bittersweet decision to to move from Bartlesville to, to Houston. I would say for the most part, it's it's been been the right choice. Um, Bartlesville is is a really tough place to live for a lot of different reasons. If if you're not from Bartlesville to begin with, and I understand all of you that love living there, but I would say that the majority of you that love living there have never lived anywhere else, so you don't realize what you could have by living somewhere else. But also it, it it's a big enough town that it's feels small. I mean, it feels small because it is small, but it, it has a small town feel, but there are a few big city things is not the right way to put it. But there there are things that I could see being appealing for someone to want to live in Bartlesville. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that for the most part that I'm not there anymore. And one of the things is, is just the simple fact of, for this weekend as an example, Nikki and I like to, to, to check out some new things. And we had the opportunity to go see the, the musical Book of Mormon. Now, is that something that may come to Tulsa at some point? Maybe. I don't know. But when you live in a huge metropolis like Houston, things like that come around a lot more often. For For that reason, we're excited that that we made this decision. Having said all that, it was a very hard decision because of the people that I had to leave behind. And honestly, for all of the negative feelings I have about Bartlesville, the positive feelings I have for some of the people that I met there and friendships that I created there um, that, that will be with me, I feel probably until until I'm no longer here um, are very special. And and if I could pluck a number of those people um, out of Bartlesville and move them into my neighborhood here in Houston, that would be the best thing that ever happened. And it's not realistic, and I want to resist the temptation to just start listing people because inevitably someone gets left out. I, there are a few people that I'm going to single out, and first and foremost – um, I have to talk about probably the the first the first real friend that I made with that I've had a, a deep friendship and a long lasting friendship with, and um, that of course was would be Misty. And Misty's been on the podcast. You can go back. Um, I think she was on the Birthday Bash show. I'm not sure if she was on more than once, but I know for sure she was on the Birthday show where we got drunk, and, and I'm sure she said 
some some very interesting things and misty and i became friends we became friends at work and as a lifelong fat kid whenever i get into a new work situation generally the smartest thing i have found is to befriend the best or one of the best looking people in your immediate surrounding employees because chances are if you're friends with that person all the people that are nice to her are going to be nice to you. You don't want to offend the pretty girl. I decided that Misty would be the person that I would become friends with in the hopes that that would in turn get other people to like me because I have a psychological and desperate need for attention and for people to like me, which is why I talk to people on the internet like with this podcast, which is why I'm going insane probably because I haven't been doing this for a year, which is why I should probably be in therapy, but we'll try this first. But... I, Honestly, it was it was one of those things where Misty and I were work friends, and she was the person she was. I was a person that she could come talk to about work stuff, and we complain about things and and be crabby about work stupidness and 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 talk about life and that sort of stuff. And that was awesome, and it was it was great to have a work friend. Fast forward seven years later, I wouldn't have imagined both of us crying on the sidewalk in Bartlesville as. We had dinner together for the last time and, you know, it, it was tough. Um, we laughed together a lot. We cried together a lot. Uh, we've complained about probably anything under the sun. Countless times we've been drunk together or, I mean, it's much more accurate that I've gotten drunk and she's casually sipped on alcoholic beverages. But at the end of the day, I'm lucky enough to call her one of my best friends ever. And, um... After the last time that we had dinner together, she said that she sat in her car and cried. And that's that's a beautiful thing because you you don't get lucky enough to have people that uh, that come into your life in this world where you can have a deep friendship like that that really transcends any sort of cultural difference or any other things that could have gotten in the way of, of us being friends uh, on, a, on a real level. And, and we were able to, to find that, and that's something that... Uh, Something that is pretty awesome, and it's always it's it's always nice to know that there are people that aren't blood that that truly love you as a person, and so for that um, I'm I'm very thankful for, and I'm thankful that technology allows us to to continue to annoy each other on uh, several different social media platforms, and I can continue to make fun of her for. The guys that she dates, which I know she really enjoys. So, um, Misty, I love you. And I am so lucky that we are as close as we still are, given the distance and, and all that. So, that's one. Um, Anne-Marie, um, this, one, this one's tough to put into words. Anne-Marie saved me on more than one occasion, and she's a, a very special person, and through that special friendship, I became close with um, with her husband Nate. And for me, it's rare that that uh, when I become friends with one mem- member of a couple, that I become friends with the other member of the couple because generally one or the other hates me. And um, Nate, Nate and I became very close the last two years, and that's been awesome. And he will be on the podcast, I'm hoping, in the near future, and um, we can get into our 
bromance and and uh all of that nonsense is I relentlessly slurp him for what an awesome person he is. So you all have that to look forward to. Then of course there's Jesse who went and decided to have another kid and ruined the whole goddamn thing. But, you know, what are you going to do? Should I mean, I could tell the Memorial Day party story, but nah, maybe not. Anyway, there's uh, lots of fun Jesse stories. The trip downtown to Tulsa where I drunkenly yelled at some girls walking down the street about how much I like their shoes. Always a, a great memory. Um, I think Jesse was on the podcast too, if I'm remembering right. So I think if you go back to one of the birthday shows, Keith um, Keith is my partner in crime and uh, my my business meeting partner. I think that I've probably spent more time drunk with Keith than anyone on the planet Earth except for maybe the best man at my wedding, Scotty Wynn. Keith and I have had some amazing times together. Um, Keith, if you're listening, you know, always have those dollar bills ready because uh, you never know when a business meeting will get called. Now, Pablo, um, they always say it's a good idea to befriend, befriend your bartender. Um, mission accomplished on that one for me. All the, of, all the, of all the people I've talked about, um, Pablo is the, the person I've spent the least amount of times with, um, but some memorable ones, lots of uh, another alibi shows, lots of uh, drinking. We're already making plans. We've got to go to Toronto. we got to go to Argentina. What better way to, to travel around Argentina than with your favorite Mexican? I'm just kidding. He's not Mexican. He's Argentinian. But we like to make fun of him, and he gets mad. So, uh, as I said, I didn't want to make a list, and then what I did is I went ahead and made a list, and I'm sorry. There's a lot of people that, that I didn't talk about that I could, and so many of you have been important to us as uh, we became part of living in Bartlesville, and, and we were sad to to lose that part. And we hope that many of you will continue to be our, our, our friends for, for the, I mean, at least until I fuck it up, which is inevitable, but we'll make the best of it. So let's dispense with the mushy stuff. I mean, everyone knows that eventually I'll bring back, you know, all kinds of weird stuff and I'll probably start crying at some point. But I mean, the first show out of the gate, do I really need to cry? I feel like we need to wait for tears until, at least until I have a guest on. And yes, I'm doing this by myself. I, I mentioned that equipment issues we're working on. And besides, if if I blow my wad on the first episode of the new season, then why would you have any reason to come back? And we're going to call this a new season because relaunch sounds like I've just been a lazy ass who hasn't bothered to turn on a microphone. When I first started thinking about doing a podcast, I was still living in Minnesota. I still worked at the radio station. And it was when I was getting ready to move to Oklahoma. And the prospects of finding a radio job in Bartlesville seemed unlikely. Um, I'd done the small radio routine and was not what I was looking for. And I thought, you know, maybe I should start a podcast. And Kevin Smith was doing one and Joe Rogan. I mean, those were really the only podcasts of any well-known, on my radar at least, um, podcasts that were out there and as time went on I would think about it and try to decide how to do it and and what it could be and how I wanted to sound I'm kind of a snob when it comes to audio so I want it to sound like a high quality recording not like I turned on my iPhone and just talked into it and then posted it 
like with so many things, I would find excuses to not do it and not having the equipment or, you know, anything I could do to say, well, you know, I'll just put it off till the next time or until I can get this part right or I can do this and like with so many other things. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm, I'm kind of just a lazy chicken shit is what it comes down to. And I want to be a radio guy and I wanted to be a radio guy. I wanted to be that guy that people go to and be like, oh, that was really clever. Or, that's really funny. Or, man, I never thought of it like that. And at the end of the day, I'm I'm just never really quite sure that I have a unique voice that anyone would actually want to hear from. And I know there are those of you that are listening to this that are, of course, I want to hear what you have to say. And, and that I really appreciate. And I, I want it to be more than a few people. And sometimes it feels like being that person on American Idol that's from a small town that um, sing for their family or sings at church and is told that, oh, you're so great and, and this is the greatest thing ever. And, and you go on and you audition and, and you find that yeah, you're not really that good. And everyone around you tells you that you're so awesome and they're stunned when someone with knowledge and a trained ear says, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not the right way to go. And they don't understand why they're not able to pick you with your obvious amounts of immense talent. But I, I just don't want to be a person that thinks that they have something to offer when they really don't. And it's not easy to say. And it's not that I can't tell a funny joke or make a wisecrack or comment about things going on in the world. And I just have had trouble locating my voice. And, and when I first considered doing this podcast, there wasn't a billion other podcasts. Um, that's where the name of this podcast from, comes from. It's just another white guy's podcast since seemingly every white guy has one and plenty of non-white guys and non-guys period. Everyone seems to have a podcast. So instead of putting my head down and getting to work and trying to make something of the show, I half-assed it and finding reason after justification after excuse to not do it. And had I put my head down and started really working on this eight years ago, I mean, I, maybe I would have an audience and maybe I would have found my voice and I, I'm not under some illusion that I would be Nerdist or Smodcast or What the Fuck or Howard Stern or any of those pipe dream sort of things. That's that's not realistic, but I, I may have, have found an authentic voice somewhere along the way that I don't feel that I have yet. And and, and that may not be true. It, it may just be a lack of self-confidence, but all of these same excuses are why I'm still fat. And not wanting to do the work and just being content with to deal with it and deal with the status quo. And So here's the deal. This is going to be probably closer to a therapy session sometimes. I want it to be fun, um, but there's going to be times it's just going to be verbal diarrhea, and it's hopefully going to be entertaining, and, and sometimes I'll hit you with something that you'll think about and, and, and maybe question why you think about it the way you do, and, and maybe you'll get sick of it, and, and that's totally fair, and, and I can't keep waiting for things to be perfect. I'm going to find my voice along the way if I just keep at it. And there are things that bug me that I don't want to stay silent about. And there are things that I want to praise that I love that I want to talk about. And so here we go. I'm just going to dive back into the fray amid a million other voices, trying to speak some truth to stupid people in this world that's full of bitchiness and gossip and voyeurism and a downright lack of civility. I don't know if this is going to be successful. I don't know if anything's, if anybody's going to like it. Maybe it will be, but at the end of the day, I have to find a way for it to be authentic. And 
and that's my goal. And that that brings me to a, a controversial things to say. And because at the end of the day, we all are valuable, and we're inundated with reasons to be divided. And black lives matter, and white lives matter, and blue lives matter, and all lives matter. And it, it is true that all lives do matter, but until all lives are treated with equal weight and importance, my friends, that is where the issues will continue to lie. R- race is a real problem in this country, and that's something that do do we need to hear another white guy talk about how race relations are terrible in this country? Probably not, but if we don't talk about it, we don't ever have a chance to fix it. And if you don't think that race is a problem in this country, you're not fucking paying attention. We all live in our bubbles and, and we've decided opinion is fact. And and if you watched some of these points that were pointed out beautifully uh, by our outgoing president, and more than a couple of people have said to me that they wished that the podcast had been around during the most recent election. And they felt it would have been interesting to hear my take on things that that were surrounding the craziness that that was 2016's political cycle. And I don't know that I could have added anything of interest because I have a feeling I would have screamed into this microphone a lot. And I don't know that that would have added any value, but 2016 may end up being one of the most important elections of our lifetime. And I don't know what else to say about it. Beyond that, it was a very frustrating 2016. The election bummed me out. I mean, that's that's just that's just the honest truth and the way we've treated each other bums me out. So many to- so many people talk about going back to the good old days and I don't really know what the fuck that even means other than it seems like not so subtly veiled racism. And I know this t- this podcast just took a literal huge left turn. I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. But the further you go back in history, the worse it is for anyone that isn't white, male, middle class, or of better standing. And as I look at the election, I'm less and less surprised that Donald Trump was actually elected. And in very short order of the time that this podcast goes up, he will be sworn in as the president of the United States. Why am I not surprised? Um, I'm not surprised because all you have to do is look at what's popular in this country. And one of the most popular things is reality TV. And ultimately, he's a reality TV spectacle. He says crazy shit. It's on film. He gets people to yell and scream about it. And then he goes crazy about it on social media. Then he goes out and says that what we all just saw never really happened. And there's a segment of this population that gobbles that shit up. But there's also a part of this population that gobbles up all of the after effects of the punditry, of the memes, of all of the other stuff that come with it. Whether they agree or disagree, they just gobble it up. And it's unfair to say that just one group of people got him elected because I don't think it was a singular group that got him elected. Um, It was a confluence of multiple groups converging on one thing that whether they agreed or disagreed with parts or all of, of the things that he had to say, they found enough to vote for him. And it's a group of people. There's a group of people that likes to stir shit up There's a group of people 
that actually believe he's an agent of change. There's a group of people that would vote for anyone that wasn't a woman or a Clinton, and, and that's a double whammy for Hillary because she's a woman and a Clinton. There's a group of people that, that feel like people like me think that they're a bunch of dumb mouth breathers who aren't worthy of being part of the process to begin with and are going to vote for whoever is the opposite of the perceived liberal establishment candidate. And, and finally, there's, there's two other groups. There's a group that actually believes all of the happy horseshit that President-elect Trump has been going on about how he's going to bring back jobs and build a wall and make America great again. And I don't know. Are those people right? I feel like those people don't truly understand how the office of the presidency works because when you are sworn in, you don't receive a magic wand to just fix the things that you decide to fix. It it doesn't work that way. And, and lastly... There are a group of people that voted for him that are flat out racist. And they're pissed that there was a black president that did a bunch of great things for the country and and they want, quote unquote, their country back. And Secretary Clinton just had too many things against her, not the least of which was people like me not actually believing that Donald Trump could actually ever really win. She's been in the public spotlight for far too long. And it was not very likable by a great number of people. And no matter how many lists of really great things that she's done for the country and, and the world, it was always able to be brought back to her flaws. And do I think the email stuff was overblown? Yeah, probably. The, the problem is it was something that they could just constantly bring up. And if you aren't constantly watching the news and listening to everything that's going on and, and you just pick up blurbs and, and read the occasional article or read the Sunday paper or, and all you see is an occasional headline that just says emails. I mean, you'd swear to Christ that she was given our nuclear secrets, the secret formula for Coca-Cola and Colonel Sanders fucking secret chicken recipe. They pissed off the Bernie Sanders supporters. And it, when it came out that the DNC actively tried to keep him from becoming a nominee and she did nothing to really garner, garner good faith with, with what many people call the Obama coalition. And, so now we have the Donald, and it's a scary thought. And there are those that think that, you know, he's going to step into the office and and suddenly he's going to realize the scope of the job and, and transform into a person with rational reactions to questions about decision he makes. I mean, this dude is still going on 3 a.m. tweet storms about shit like the ratings of The Apprentice and the Golden Globes. Things, these things are not important. We shouldn't care about them. Certainly the leader of the free world shouldn't care. But here's the thing. He is the best friend of this new media world that we live in, where we are consumers of content. Something happens, he reacts. The media then gets to report on his reaction. He's literally generating content for these companies. It's estimated that he got about $4 billion worth of exposure during his campaign. And say what you want about his business dealings, but I mean, that's incredibly smart. The amount of free media he was able to garner while being a content generator for these huge huge companies, it's nothing short of brilliant. And me putting brilliant and Donald Trump in the same sentence is maybe the most painful thing I've said. So he's going to be the reality show president. He's going to attack and react and flip out. And honestly, in a world where there are no facts, 
there's really no need for actual news, just content. And that's the world we live in now. But I make you this promise. This podcast will not be a Donald Trump bashathon. It will not be a constant political podcast. It's I I've gotten to the point where I don't think that screaming into that abyss is going to do any good. There will be things that I will talk about. There will be things that you'll agree with. There'll be things that you disagree with. That's fine. We should be able to disagree with each other, but be able to have a conversation. And if, and if this can be a place for some of those conversations, that's, that is something that I would truly appreciate. But this is going to be also a place for me to just get things off my chest this is going to be a, a podcast where we're going to have some fun. I want to have some some really fun people on to come and talk and just talk about the stuff that out there that is fun and hopeful. And I want to talk about my favorite things. Like I want to talk about The Flash, which is my favorite show on TV. And I want to talk about the Justice League movie. And I want to talk about wrestling. And I want to talk about UFC. I want to talk about The Wild and... I want to talk about my new favorite drink, which is Tito's Vodka. And I want to talk about things that make you think and things that make you laugh. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to try to bring back to you. We'll sprinkle in some real talk. And that's, you know, got to have a spoonful of sugar with the medicine. I never tried that. Did anyone actually ever try that? Did anyone ever give you a spoonful of sugar? Did it really help the medicine go down? I don't know. But... I posted a request on Facebook to see if uh, there was anything that people wanted to talk about. So, let me go over to the Facebook machine. We'll pull some questions and see what's going on. All right. Well, looky here. The response is raging on my Facebook page about uh, what's going on and what people want me to talk about. My good friend Rod Stark weighs in. How many times is he in here? One, two, three, four? Come on, Rod. Why, why, are, you trying to, why are you trying to take over my podcast already? Rod is going to be live in studio in a couple weeks, um, so you'll have that to look forward to. We probably will do, I'm going to guess, three shows while he's here. Two for sure, and, and, and maybe one after he heads home, depending on, on how f- things work out with his flights. He is coming to town because we are going to have a boys wrestling weekend coming up here at the end of January as the uh, Royal Rumble makes its return to San Antonio on the 20th anniversary of uh, Shawn Michaels uh, winning the WWF championship from Sid Vicious, Sid Justice. What the hell did they call it? Psycho Sid? Was that what they were calling him then? I don't remember. It's 20 years ago, man. Rod wants to know what my predictions are for 2017. Um, we should probably do a whole show about that, and um, we'll hold off on that. My prediction is... There will be far more pod. Uh, there will be far more jog pods posted in 2017 than there were in 2016. You can mark that down as a correct prediction because once this goes up, that's mission accomplished. Um, top three best and worst things about moving to the state of Texas. Um, let's start with the negativity first: uh, the traffic, the heat, and the pain in the ass DMV car registration system. Um, definitely are the top three that come to my mind. Um, Abby Wilson, look at Abby jumping in with, uh, participation in the podcast. Uh, Abby also moved from Oklahoma to Houston, 
um, just a bit before we did, and I, I can get into the story about how I know Abby and how we're friends on Facebook is, is kind of a funny story, and I don't know if I've told this story or not. So Abby is a person that I think I've actually met in real life twice. She was a server, hostess, waitress, bartender at Smoke on Cherry Street, and the first time we went to eat there, Nikki and I sat at the bar. And we were at the end of the bar that was close to um, the kitchen where people were coming in and out. And she, I want to say she had a tray of water or a tray of drinks or something. And she bumped the corner and spilled everything. And she just looked like she was not having a great day. And I was just like, do you need a hug? <laughs> being being my weird, smart-assy, silly self you know, not expecting anyone to be like, yeah, I actually do. Well, Abby actually needed a hug. And so I was happy to provide that hug for her. And I feel like I really made the rest of her night better. It's amazing what a hug can do. And since I'm a super creeper, I found her on Facebook and friended her. And we've been Facebook friends ever since. So see what happens when you randomly give out hugs. You get to be Facebook friends with people that you haven't actually seen in years. Which is really what Facebook's all about anyway. So let's see. What else we got here? Um, is there a couple out there with a collectively better radio voice than you and Nikki? Maybe. I don't know how you quantify that, Rod. But, you know, probably not. I don't know. I'm really good. I don't know about Nikki. But you're not going to know because she's not on this podcast. Megan asked, how's Houston? I think we pretty well covered that at the top of the show. Rod wants to know if I'm ready to rumble. Yes, I am. I'm ready to talk about the rumble a lot. Um, Donnie Hernison checks in from Hood River where they got like 17 inches of snow. Uh, he wants to know about Ronda Rousey. Um, we'll talk about Ronda coming up probably on the next episode. I will never talk about the Oregon Ducks in a positive light. How dare you even put that on my Facebook? And he wants something about LeBron whining. I, I don't know what that is. I'll have to ask him what that is specifically in reference to Kylie, uh, from Nebraska checking in with, uh, see now Kylie follows my Snapchat. So she knows what's going on. She knows that I made bomb ass Mac and cheese for dinner and she wants to know how it was quite frankly, it was fucking delicious because that's what I do is make delicious food. And yeah, it was awesome. In fact, as soon as I get done with this, I'm going to eat some leftovers and I'm very excited about that. And Finally, she asks, NOLA 2018. So what she's asking about there is, um, it was announced yesterday officially that WrestleMania returns to the New Orleans Superdome uh, next year. It's weird to think that 2018 is next year. I'm, I'm just wrapping my head around this. It's 2017 already. Um, she wants to know if I'm in for New Orleans for 2018. Um, I would say yes, probably, but... If you ask me several months out, I'm always going to tell you that I'm going to WrestleMania and I end up almost never going. So I would say probably, hopefully, maybe. But if if you're going for sure, I think we could probably figure something out because I still need to make it to, uh, to New Orleans. What's cool is, and none of you are probably going to really care about this, but New Orleans had uh, WrestleMania four years ago and – there are well, it'll be four years when they get to 2018, and they're already going back, which is pretty unusual. But um, 
2018 is the tricentennial for New Orleans. So it's a year-long celebration, and they wanted to have um, another big event to add to the calendar. And so they were able to sell uh, WWE on bringing WrestleMania back to New Orleans on, in such a quick, quick turnaround. So New Orleans is, what did we decide, three hours away, three and a half hours, four hours, something like that. So an easy drive over. I would say there's a strong possibility that I make my way over to New Orleans for WrestleMania. That ends the Facebook questions. Let me, let me just uh, close this thing out. The podcast is back, and my intention is to bring podcasts to you at least once a week. Uh, maybe more often. Maybe we'll shoot for five or six a month. We'll just kind of see how things go. Um, I still got to work out some technical things, working on getting a, another microphone down here, and we'll just go from there. I have already talked to some people that I want to have on as guests, so we have some fun stuff to looking forward to. So I appreciate you if, if you were with us for the season one shows. We're like an HBO show. Sometimes you just got to take a whole year off and figure out what you're doing. But I appreciate uh, your interest in the show. I look forward to interacting with you. This show will be better uh, with people that get involved and, and want to take part in it with questions or comments or, or things like that. We'll just have some fun. So stay with me. I'm going to find my voice. We're going to figure this thing out. 2016 was a tough year, I know, for a lot of people. And we're just going to make the best of 2017. So thank you for checking out the season two premiere of Just Another Why Guys podcast. I'm Dustin Jones. Always protect the five hole. It's just me against the world.